Me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday morning. Now, in the next 15 minutes or so, we're celebrating the International Day of Charity. Now, do you know what it takes to run a successful and not-for-profit, but still profitable so that the organization can actually serve the people it's supposed to help? Well, to tell us a little bit more, I'm really delighted to be joined by Sky Siu, one of the co-founders of Voice for Social Good, which is a voluntary group of NGO women dedicated to serve the Hong Kong community. Welcome back on the program, Sky. Great to speak to you today. How are you doing? Thank you so much, Noreen. I'm doing very well and uh, excited to be celebrating this uh, day, International Day of Charities. Yeah, I remember sort of the, the, the conception of Voice for Social Good, although I think I remember it uh, as a different name, uh, a funnier name, w- yeah. w- <laughs> when it started. Uh, give us a, a bit of an overview of what you do there. Yeah, do you know what? I think we, we really started this during the start of the COVID pandemic because um, um, there was a group of us nonprofit leaders. We came together really as a task force to really address a serious need that all of us in the social sector were facing. And and a lot of it was about, you know, um, not being able to continue to operate because we were so limited with our fundraising opportunities, but also with difficulties with certain funding that we had, you know, and not being able to continue to respond to the needs of our benefits fisheries, you know. Um, And so we were really excited then, you know, in 2020, that we were able to um, include, you know, NGOs, including those that are non-subvented here in Hong Kong, in the government's employment subsidy scheme, you know. Um, And then subsequent to that, we continue to do a lot of sharing sessions um, for both nonprofits and funders, you know. Um, And we even we even launched a, a guiding principles for collaboration between nonprofits and funders in, in 2021 in hopes to really continue address, you know, some of the common issues, you know, that funding relationships can have, you know, and offer some best practices uh, where conversations would really bring out tips and, and stuff for the, for the community. Um, so as a group, you know, we've just been continuing to do lots of work. And, and so, you know, we're really excited, you know, today that we can launch something special. Um, and hopefully we can share that with all of you here today. Yeah, well, well, uh, we'll get to your video campaign in just a bit. Uh, let's talk about some of the challenges. You mentioned just now some of the challenges or some yeah. of the common issues that, you know, charities in Hong Kong come across. What are some of them? Yeah, so at the heart of, you know, running a charity is that we want to provide really important services that fills the gap to support those that are most vulnerable and need it the most, especially here in Hong Kong. And so in order to run, you know, an effective NGO, a nonprofit, um, to deliver programs that are not just serving people, but actually are impactful, um, um, and also to just be sort of um, be able to to always respond to ever evolving needs. You know, we, we actually need professionals with the knowledge, the experience, um, the backgrounds, not only just to project manage programs and services, but also the organization. So a lot of NGOs, nonprofits, you know, we we have to run like businesses in some ways, you know, because we need to pay our professional staff. We need to provide a safe place to work that empowers people. You know, we need to think about all the hardware like computers electricity, you know, amongst other things, you know, and all of these, you know, are what we call operational expenses. Um, And, you know, the reality is sometimes, you know, these are things that are often hidden, you know, it's not obvious. Um, People often, um, when when we work with different 
groups, uh, whether it's funding partners or even sponsors, sometimes they'll think about only the projects that are right in front of us. And they don't necessarily think about these operational expenses. And so we find ourselves oftentimes quite limited, you know, whether it's based on timing, you know, sometimes we, we have to complete something within this very specific time with very little resources. Um, and sometimes, you know, you know, we, we, we have to just run programs, you know, in order to cover some of our operational expenses that are not being covered. Um, and so that actually makes it quite difficult, you know, to be able to run um, like what I was saying, uh, our goal is to run, you know, a well-oiled machine that des- that delivers impactful programs um, with trained professionals. You know, it's hard to maintain that. Yeah, and um, I think in your video campaign, you illustrated it so well uh, with the example you gave. I, I really love that the-, the new video campaign. I'd love for our listeners um, to check it out on Facebook. I've posted a link on it, uh, but for those of you who want to search for it, Voice for Social Good uh, is the Facebook page. Um, so, so how is running a nonprofit like running a bakery, as you gave in the uh, as you gave <laughs> in the example of the video? Yeah, I mean, you know, this this topic is sometimes a difficult one because not everyone might see it as an obvious sort of a difficulty. But, you know, we chose to use a really fun and humorous way, you know, to use analogy of, of a bakery that's making bread. And so in the video, you show that if, if funders or, or sponsors or donors only pay for ingredients that is needed to make a bread, um, but not necessarily for the baker or the kitchen staff or, or even the materials, you know, um, like the mixing bowls, the oven, you know, or even the building in itself, the piece of bread will never be baked, you know, and it's the same analogy with nonprofits, you know, or NGOs, you know, without the paid professionals, without the tools that we need and the expertise that we have, or even the working space with functioning electricity and internet, you know, we won't be able to plan or even execute the effective programs that we want to see impact in the community. Um, so that's sort of the main message behind, you know, the video campaign that we're rolling out today. Yeah, so I'm hearing that, you know, regular funding or, or, of people become monthly donors, it would actually also help charities and nonprofits to plan. But also this notion, as you mentioned, this notion of restrictive funding that perhaps corporations or, or, or different uh sponsors who sponsor just for a particular project um, but if that project say during COVID couldn't happen then that money is tied down and it's restricted is there any way you can go about it or how do you sort of educate funders uh, to make them realize that actually you know the money should be given and, and should be uh, more, more flexible is that possible to, to help them understand yeah. that? I mean, I think that the whole whole purpose around sort of this this, this video campaign and what, what we as a group really want to see is we want to actually start these conversations and have everyone really engage in this consideration that maybe in a way that, you know, in how we give, you know, to charities or charitable work is that we might need to think about a shift in our mindset um, to recognize that in order to support, you know, an initiative, we're also supporting the organization that's implementing the initiative, you know, um, and really thinking about um, maybe really believing um, or, you know, going so far as to say, you know, maybe we're also trusting that this organization is really doing their best to be impactful and they're very accountable, you know, and then just saying, you know, 
I'm going to give to you um, for whatever it is that you feel like needs to happen in the community because you are the experts. You are the organization that's housing all these expertise and, and, and actually delivering these programs. And I think at the same time, it's, it's also for us as nonprofits, uh, for those of us who are running it, who are working in it, to be accountable. You know, and so we need to think about what is it that needs to make us be so accountable that people can also trust us, you know, to be able to, to, to run these impactful programs, you know, without necessarily being restricted in how we are using it. Um, you know, uh, one of the things is, is, is like having that flexibility, Noreen, to be able to respond to immediate needs, you know, so, you know, we, we like, for, for me, I work with an or, in an organization, Kelly Support Group, that works with youth, you know, and to be very honest, the needs for youth is always changing. So I could be writing a grant this year about, you know, helping young people's mental health. But, you know, in, in next year, when my grant is given, that need could have changed slightly already, mm-hmm. you know, and, and do I, and how can I have that flexibility that, okay, even though I said I had fixed costs for certain things, how, how can I actually really meet the needs of the young people um, in that moment, you know, when my grant is like, you know, confirmed mm. next year, you know? And so I think that that flexibility is really quite important to, to sort of understand. And I think conversations, constructive dialogue, that's actually going to be key. And that's what we're really hoping for um, as a result of this video launch, to create more conversations between people who are giving and people who are receiving it and using it to make good work happen. Absolutely. And and Sky, you made a really good point about how running a charity is sort of like running a business because at the end of the day, the goal of a charity is to make money, is to raise money to serve those who who, who really need it. Um, I think across the board, we, we've got a bit of a brain drain. So how do you retain the talent? And, and I think there's that perception that when you work for a charity or a non-profit that, you know, p- people expect... A, a, a salary cut. Say they move from a private sector into the in, into this non-profit sector, they're expected to take a significant um, pay cut. And so, how how do you balance between that perception and and also um, just really paying people um, enough and, and paying people what they're worth? It, it's really tricky. Yeah, it's it's so tricky, you know. And unfortunate, this perception is also sometimes really based on truth as well. I mean, I, I can't I can't come on here and, and say to you that, you know, I don't actually ask for pay cuts sometimes, you know, for specific roles. Um, you know, sometimes my first question is, can you do this pro bono? You know, is usually my first question. Um, and, and the reality is because, you know, we don't have enough of those funds mm-hmm. in order to be able to afford some of the expertise that we really absolutely need. Um, I think that is the most trickiest part. Um, and so in order for us to really invest in um, a meaningful and very impactful social sector, we actually also need to be thinking about the people that we're investing in. Um, and, you know, actually, you know, a lot of the women, in fact, you know, um, mm. in, in are actually working in nonprofits. So in a, in a sense, we're also thinking about, you know, the DEI conversation of how we're investing in the women who are working also in this in this in this 
this sector as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's definitely a tricky one, Noreen. You know, as you have said, you know, and it's think I think it requires a lot more conversation. Um, and for again, like I was saying earlier, a mindset shift. You know that you know we need to appreciate what kind of expertise is really needed to provide sort of the support that we need to help the most vulnerable. Yeah. So what what kinds of uh, outcome are you hoping for then? What, what would you like people to know? I mean, well, first of all, um, we'd really love to see people actually start conversations, you know, um, to understand both the benefits and the challenges, not just to the nonprofits and, and the organizations, but also to those that are funders, you know, to those that are, are doing the giving as well. Because I think both sides definitely have a different perspective and it's really, it's really beneficial to actually understand both sides of the conversation and then try to come to an understanding, a common understanding. Um, I think in some ways we're really hoping that, you know, I remember when I first, you know, became the executive director of Kelly, I felt like I couldn't ask for what we really needed, you know, especially when it came for things like operational funding. Um, And I always felt a lot of pressure that I would only write programs that would cover just program materials until I got challenged. Well, what about, you know, how about like your office staff that helps with all the clerical stuff? And, you know, and that was when I started thinking, oh, actually, I need to cover more things, you know. So I think it's also about nonprofits thinking more about how they need to be more upfront about the needs that they do have, right? Um, and at the same time, for, for, for donors, for funders to also share with us more what they expect in terms of accountability, what will make them feel like they can really trust us and feel like, you know, their accountable needs are actually met as well. You know, is it audited accounts every year? Is it um, regular meetings, regular reporting? Um, how much detail are reporting? You know, I think that that sort of um, mutual sort of expectation um, can be also considered as well. And, and, you know, ultimately, I think this is the big dream is really wanting to see as a result of, of this uh, campaign and these conversations is really seeing more of an amount and proportion of funding for some of the operational expenses that NGOs really need. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to touch on is also, I think your group is really supportive of each other. All the women sort of have known each other for, for a long time, are very supportive of each other's causes. What happens when, you know, essentially people are, are sort of competing for funding? I mean, how, how, how do sort of different charities and, and organizations go about that? And how do you support or navigate that space. Yeah, that's something that's again, it, it's quite difficult. And then you know, I, I'm I'm always a real big fan of collaboration. Um, that's right. And I always Kelly really of, feel we often think, see you say collaborating with Mind Hong Kong, for example, in the past. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, more recently, we've been um, also working with other organizations like uh, Inspiring Sports Foundation Hong Kong, you know, That's as well. Right, yes. um, and, and, you know, we one of the things that we've really learned is that, you know, there is there's going to be somebody who's going to be most aligned with somebody else, you know. Um, and I think that sharing that community resource is actually what's going to be most beneficial for the people that we want to serve, you know. Um, and so a lot of it is about how can we make sure that we work with partners that actually align with Kelly the most. And if we recognize that there are other people who could benefit from another funder that is actually more aligned with them, you know, it's better actually to to pass that on, to recommend others. Um, and where there's opportunity to actually collaborate with other nonprofits to work together with funding partners um, so that the impact is actually 
um, made even bigger, made even wider. Um, and, and I think that that's something that uh, really does help us to overcome um, um, sort of the gaps that we are seeing, you know, in terms of um, the services that are provided in, this, in, in the community. Because when you start working together, when you start having multiple people sort of supporting different groups, then you can see that more of the gaps are actually met more because you have a variety of skill sets, a variety of expertise that are actually able to cover the needs. Yeah, I think you hit the nail uh, uh, right on the head is, you know, that synergy created between the different charities and NGOs can really bring about even, you know, more positive changes. Um, Sky, finally, remind our listeners once again, how can we find out more about the work of Voice for Social Good and how can we be supporting our charities? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we are on LinkedIn. Um, so you can just type in Voice for Social Good. Um, you'll find us on LinkedIn. Uh, we're also on Facebook as well. Um, but we also have a, a website, actually, um, that we, we put together. Um, we are a very resourceful group, and we have some really talented women in our group as well. Um, and so you can also go to our website as well that you could be able to see that. And it's Voice for Social Good. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Sky. And I look forward, I know uh, the Kelly Support Group also has something very exciting coming up. So I'll look forward to inviting you back on next time to talk more. Thank you so much uh, for your time today. Thank you so much, Noreen, for having us.